0: Wow, what a difference a year makes. Uh, One year ago, when I gave the State of the Church address, it was to a full building. We probably had 1,500 people or so in the building, and today uh, it's an empty auditorium. But the Lord has not changed. He's still on His throne, and I want to talk to you today about three things. One, what the church is, and two, how the Lord blessed us last year, and three, what we expect Him to do in the year ahead. If you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to Open them now to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25 is our text today. Uh, The book of Hebrews was also our text last year, and we'll talk about what we said last year a little bit today, but let's begin by reading our text. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Scripture says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day drawing near may the lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his word well i think it'd be helpful for us to define one more time what a church is a church is a group of born-again believers who live in close proximity to one another who are exercising their unique spiritual gifts for the glory of god and to the benefit of one another that's what we do And in these few verses, we see some of those most important things that we do for one another. For example, in verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And so through mutual accountability, by belonging to the same covenant community, we hold one another accountable to those things that we profess to be true and to the commitments we've made to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior for the rest of our lives. So we need one another to hold one another accountable. Second thing we see is that we stimulate one another to good works. Verse 24 says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. So apparently when the Lord saves us, we're not to be islands unto ourselves. We believe as soon as is practicable that a new convert should attach himself or herself to a local group of Bible believing saints. And so if you're listening today, and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, but you don't have a local church home, we would encourage you to consider becoming a part of First Baptist Church of Keller. And then finally, he says we are to encourage one another. Verse 25 says, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so just our presence and our connection to one another encourages every member of the body to persevere, to keep on believing, to keep on serving, to keep on exercising your spiritual gifts. And he says, all the more, that is, this becomes even more important as we see the day appearing. Now, what day is that? I take it to be the second coming of the Lord Jesus. For the last four Sundays, we've been studying here in the, in the book of Luke, in chapter 21, the signs of the second coming. And the scripture indicates that uh, as... The day of Christ's second coming draws near. There's going to be an increase in frequency and intensity of these signs. Persecution of the church, signs in the sky, um, earthquakes, floods, pestilences. And we see these things happening all around us. Wars and rumors of wars, political upheaval. And we believe those days are drawing near. So it's more important than ever to become attached to a local body of believers and to stay closely associated with them. We owe these things to one another. And so when we talk about the state of the church, we're talking about the state of a family. We're talking about the the condition of a group of people that Jesus died for and that he loves. And I don't know of anything more important than that. And so for our time left, let's look back on the year 2020. Uh, I know it's been a difficult year for so many people. But I wanna begin by uh, reminding you of what happened here two years ago. In March of 2018, our church adopted um, a statement which were really six commitments called our vision plan. Uh, As we uh, saw uh, the end of financial indebtedness coming to an end, we thought it was a new day that had come for our church. And so uh, we wanted to plan for the future. Now we know it's not wrong to plan for the future. The scripture says we're to consider the ant who puts away um, for hard times when times are are good. Um, But when we plan and when we formulate strategies as a church, we always do it as the book of James says with one mind that if the Lord wills this, we'll do this or that or go here or there. And quite honestly, many of the things that we had planned for 2020, the Lord had very different plans. And so let me remind you of those six commitments. The first one is Soli Deo Gloria, which is a Latin phrase which means for the glory of God alone. That is any ministry that we endeavor to undertake has to go through the lens of, will this bring honor and glory to God? And if we can't honestly say that it will, then we don't wanna be a part of it. Uh, Then other commitments were spiritual development. We wanna help one another make progress in sanctification. And then there's service. We don't want to be so inwardly focused that we forget there's a lost and dying world all around us. So we, yes, we want to serve one another with our spiritual gifts, but we also want to be known for serving our community. We also made a commitment to church planting and revitalization. Uh, if you uh, saw Brother Lawrence's mission moments the last three Sundays of the year, uh, you'll note that our church is involved in uh, planting churches all over America and really in other parts of the world, uh, and also to supporting missionaries. We also committed to excellence in the essentials, that is, in worship and evangelism, uh, those things that are core components of what it means to be a church, that we're going to do everything as unto the Lord and not unto men. And then our, our final commitment was to sound stewardship that we view that all the money that comes into our hands here at the church through your faithful gifts doesn't belong to any person. It is the Lord's property. This building that I'm sitting in is the Lord's property. Our lives, the very time that he gives us are his and so we want to uh, be good stewards and managers and make the most of all the blessings that the Lord has entrusted us with. So I just wanna walk through and talk about how we've attempted to hold up these commitments in the year 2020, for example, Soli Deo Gloria. Uh, As I said, if the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. None of us foresaw COVID-19. At least I didn't. And it's uh, long-term effects on the ministries of our church. In fact, it caused the cancellation of many of our most cherished ministry opportunities. For example, Vacation Bible School. We always say it's the greatest outreach week in our church calendar every year. We had to cancel it. We canceled all of our youth camps and R.A. and G.A. camps. We had to cancel RAs and GAs in our Wednesday night activities. Uh, Many of you who are in choirs and musical groups know that uh, many of those were suspended and and remain suspended. Youth choir tour, many of our Christmas events. uh, We had 13 nursing homes, which for years we have had services in every week. And uh, because those homes are not open to the public anymore, we had to cancel all of that ministry. Uh, Our staff is not allowed to go to hospital visits, and that's a big part of what we do during the week. And all of our international mission trips were canceled in the year 2020. And so had we known that a year ago, we probably would have been upset and maybe even devastated. Um, But I want to ask you a question. Because we've canceled all these things, does that mean we are to stop serving the Lord or we have stopped serving the Lord? I would say to that, certainly not. A lot of people have bemoaned how terrible 2020 is. I see it on the Facebook and Twitter feeds, and people can't wait for the calendar to turn to 2021 as if suddenly that's going to make everything magically better. It kind of reminds me of the book of Job. The hits just came on, kept on coming to Job. Um, he lost his property, he lost his livestock, he eventually lost his family, and finally lost his own health. But the scripture says of Job is that he, he never cursed God or charged him foolishly, even when his own wife said that's what he ought to do. His response to her is found in Job 2.10. He said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? And in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. This past year, 2020 was, was full of trials. It's been a great testing and growing of our faith Reminds me of a couple of important verses that we say here a lot to one another. The first is uh, James 1, 2, and 3. The brother of the Lord said, Count it all joy, my brothers, and various trials come into your life because these trials work patience. That is, they are making us fitter instruments in the Lord's hand to be useful to him. And then, of course, Romans eight twenty-eight. Paul wrote that all things are working together for good for those that love his appearing. And those truths have become more important and probably fixed more deeply to our hearts and minds than ever before through the events of 2020. Our second commitment is spiritual development. And again, the events of last year forced us to change some things and many for the better. We have made many upgrades in our use of technology uh, to make sure that we're still able to communicate with the church family and to teach the word to as many people as possible. Well, that caused uh, a reallocation of from r- some resources. Uh, I want to thank uh, Rob Eisenman and Gregory Bain and Yvette Hunt particularly for leading out in this uh, new technology. Um, even I learned to Zoom, and if I can do it, anybody can. Um, just so you know, we have had the highest attendance in our committee meetings and our deacons meetings, and we've had the 20 years that I've been here by doing it by Zoom. So I think many of these things are going to last even after COVID is is gone. Uh, We put a live feed into our morning worship services. So now wherever you are in the world, if you have an internet connection, you can be a part of our morning worship services. We held an online Bible conference last October that many hundreds of people in many states were able to be edified through. Our Christmas programs this year were online and uh, large numbers of people gathered in their own living rooms with their families uh, to participate. We have ongoing Sunday school classes and through that many new teachers, gifted teachers have emerged that the Lord uh, has sovereignly uh, put in place. And so we rejoice that even though our plans didn't work out the way that we thought, that uh, God is sovereign over all of that. He's working all things together for good. Our third commitment to one another is is service. And 2020 brought some great opportunities to serve one another uh, through benevolence needs and also through ministry projects. Um, Many of you are aware that we have a food pantry on our campus here. Uh, We are able to help um, those in the community who lose jobs or have illnesses and and, uh, things that come upon them suddenly. And I suspect we had more benevolence needs this year than we've had in recent memory not only from the community, but some within our church. And what a joy it has been uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus to give that cup of cold water, or in our case, uh, a Walmart gift card, and be able to be uh, tangibly a blessing to those in our community through service. I just wanna point out um, one service project among many that took place in 2020 that was such a blessing for me to see. Um our deacons annually hold a widow's Christmas banquet. It's really the highlight of the year for many of those ladies, uh, where we have a very nice dinner and uh, they come out and we sing Christmas carols together and it's just a wonderful time. But this year, because of the COVID, we felt it would be wise to cancel that banquet. We had budgeted for that banquet earlier in the year, and the deacons decided to take the money from their budget and give a blessing to our widows, and so um Deacon officers' wives put together about 130 gift baskets with some goodies and a Christmas ornament, a blanket and a towel, and a gift card for those ladies to enjoy. And uh, just one example of the way that even in difficult days, we're able to serve one another. And I want to say thank you to the deacons and their wives for doing that. Also, our young people continued to minister down in inner city of Fort Worth through the Beautiful Feet program, taught the homeless, and uh, The Lord gave us great opportunities, even during a COVID year. Our fourth commitment is to church planting and revitalization. Brother Lawrence says, now there are 15 churches and ministries that our church is helping to support financially. Um, Some of those, we are the primary supporter. Let me just point out two of those. Uh, Back in the the, the spring, we had a uh, wonderful uh, ceremony here in which... uh, Brother Casey Lewis, the pastor of Foundation Baptist Church, uh, was brought on stage and we prayed for him and it was the official passing off of foundation from a mission church to a fully autonomous church. The plan from the beginning when we took over the finances of North Hewless Baptist Church was to rename it and replant it with a new pastor and in a five year time, Lord willing, they would become autonomous and the Lord was gracious and that happened. And it's interesting is just as foundation was becoming autonomous and we had resources available, um, a new opportunity arose this time in Portland, Oregon, and Redeemer Fellowship led by Brother Virgil Brown. And uh, they have recently come online and the Lord has already blessed them with a building to meet in free and clear. And so we're working with some other churches in our area and in other parts of the country And you'll be hearing more about those plans for church planning and revitalization in the very near future. Well, there's another verse that uh, we quote a lot here, and that's Colossians chapter three, verse 23, which says, whatever you do, do you work hardly as for the Lord rather than men. And this speaks to our fifth commitment to one another, which is excellence in the essentials. Well, what are the essentials of a church family? Well, I would say worship certainly is right at the top of that list. Now I've worshiped in the jungles of Guatemala, I've worshiped in orphanages in uh, inner Russia, Uh, but there's no place I like to worship more than with my family right here at 225 Keller Parkway on our main campus here. Uh, And we feel like that if uh, we're gonna do everything well and unto the Lord and with excellence, that means our facilities as well. And so this past year, we have uh, remodeled the sanctuary, including a new sound and lighting system. Uh, There's been expansion of the Sunday school rooms on our campus. Uh, There's been improvement in the sound quality and the lighting of our overflow rooms in both the gym uh, and the fellowship hall, and also now uh, in the loft. Now, when we made those plans a year or so ago, uh, we had no idea that we were gonna be using three other venues every Sunday morning Uh, for video feed because of the social distancing guidelines. But the Lord knew all that, and so he was preparing us uh, long before we ever knew it. Uh, Another core commitment of every church should be uh, evangelism. And so we are continuing through 2019 with our Who's Your One program. Uh, I hope you're still praying for at least one person by name regularly. Uh, Someone, as far as you know, does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, Uh, We had some training for that in 2019 and some special emphasis. Uh, And in the year ahead, we're going to continue with that. Um, There's also the commitment here to verse-by-verse expository preaching. And I want to thank all of you who have stayed with us through our study of the Gospel of Luke. We are into year five by my calculations, and we still have a little ways to go. Lord willing, just after Easter Sunday, we'll finish uh, the Gospel of Luke. Of course, we take some breaks every now and then and study some other books of the Bible. Last summer, we studied verse by verse through the 12 chapters of the book of Daniel and then the first three chapters of the book of Revelation before we returned to Luke just a few weeks ago. Uh, something that I particularly enjoyed in the past year was uh, our systematic theology class, which we did online. Over 600 people participated in that uh, systematic theology class and we expect we'll do some more of those kinds of things in the year ahead now our final commitment to one another is sound stewardship and so I like to give a financial report at this time of year um, thank you for the way in which you have given so faithfully even through a very difficult year for many of you to the needs of the church um, back in the summer we were approached um, with an opportunity to receive some funds from the federal government. Uh, and the staff got together and we prayed about that. Uh, and it's no judgment on any church and whatever they decided to do, but we felt like uh, our church was 138 years old and we had never depended upon any outside agency or governmental entity to support the ministries of the church and we felt like uh, now was not the time to do that and we asked the Lord to pray to meet the obligations of the church um, through the continued faithful giving of his people. And I'm here today to report that he did that. As of the time of this recording, we actually have had more given to our general budget this year than we did in the previous year, even though nine months of the year uh, we have been limited in our ability to meet together. And I say to God be the glory for all of that. And we now we're dependent on him to meet our needs in 2021. I also want to give a report to you of how the Vision Fund money was expended. Uh, just under $2 million of improvements to our uh, facilities here in the past year through the, the Vision Fund. Now that includes the purchase of some additional property. It also includes those the sale of three acres that uh, we've had for sale for a number of years. Uh, that enabled us to do some work around the church without incurring any debt, the remodeling of the sanctuary, the new pews, the south entrance that many of you are already using and enjoying. Um, All of these projects, the fellowship hall, the expansion of Sunday school space, the purchase of additional uh, people moving carts, uh, all of those things were done without incurring any debt on a cash basis, which saves the church lots of money and we think is in keeping with being good stewards And don't forget that 10% of our vision fund is designated to go outside of the church through church planting and revitalization. Uh, All of those projects that we had scheduled to do in 2020 are now completed, and we still have a healthy balance in our vision fund with some new projects in the spring. You'll be seeing some new signage along um, Keller Parkway in the very near future. Also a construction of a storage building on the north lot uh, to house our new carts. And so uh, lots of wonderful work went in. I want to say thanks to our staff, thanks to our Building and Grounds Committee, our Long Range Planning Committee, and thank all of you for the faithful way that you have given to our general fund, but also to our, our Vision Fund. There's lots of work still left to be done. We don't believe that the Lord is done with us yet. And as we began our 139th year as a congregation here in Keller, Texas. We are committed as much or more than we've ever been to these core truths. We're gonna continue to preach the word verse by verse. We're going to continue to meet together uh, regularly, uh, both by technology and in person as the Lord allows. We're gonna continue to pray for one another, encourage one another unto good works and to love And Lord willing, in the year ahead, we're gonna return to regular international mission trips. And we're going to return to uh, Vacation Bible School, RAs and GAs, choirs and orchestras, and all of those ministries um, that we enjoy so much and that we believe the community is blessed by. And so on behalf of our staff and our entire church family, I wanna say thank all of you for your faithfulness in the the year past. Thank you for your encouragement, many cards and letters and notes, emails. uh, But most importantly, thank you for praying for us. Uh, I think like never before in the history of our church, we have felt and needed your prayer. So thank you, Uh, keep doing it. And we will uh, meet back together on January the 3rd in person Uh, and Lord willing, we're going to continue to add back ministries as um, the situation improves. Pray that that will happen. Pray for one another, check on one another, encourage one another, and let's close today with prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for keeping us together in the year 2020. Father, it's been a difficult year for everyone. Uh, I'm thinking especially of our shut-ins and many of our widows, Lord, who have had difficulty getting out at all. Father, I know many of them are lonely and uh, I lift them up to you today, Father. And pray, Father, that you be a comfort to them. I pray that our church family could, in some way, minister to them and hold them up. And Father, I thank you for um, healing many of us from uh, illnesses in the past year. And Father, I'm also mindful of many that you chose in your sovereignty to call home. And Father, we rejoice with them. And Father, they're where we long to be and will be very soon. I pray for those who've lost loved ones who are hurting today. Pray for the sick. Father, I pray for those who've lost their jobs or or reduced in their income. Lord, I I thank you that you care about those things. I thank you that our church is able to come alongside and assist, show us ways that we can do that in, in an even better way in the year ahead. Lord, I thank you for First Baptist Church of Keller. Thank you for this family of believers. Thank you for how they responded so well to the challenges of 2020. Father, as we look forward to a new year, we have no guarantee that it's going to get better or it's going to get easier. Lord, we have this guarantee from you that you will never leave us or forsake us. Father, as David said in the 23rd Psalm, even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil for you're with us, your rod and your staff. They comfort us. And so, Father, I pray your comfort and peace which passes human understanding, which stand guard over the hearts and minds of every member of First Baptist Keller. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Lord bless you. Thank you again for listening to our broadcast. To learn more about First Baptist Church in Keller, Texas, or to hear more sermons by Pastor Keith and our staff, visit us online at fbckeller.org.